Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Uptime Community. We're so glad that you could join us live today. Today's date is June 20th in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Greg Messina. And if you are new here, we are a community of believers that are actively studying the Holy Bible and looking forward to that glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, the Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. We want to make this an interactive forum, so we do welcome your questions and your comments today. I don't know if you know who Jesus is, but if you don't, we encourage you to get to know him today. I do have to give you the bad news first. The bad news is we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We deserve eternal separation from God and his blessings. But the good news is our debt or our sins have been fully paid for by the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. He died for our sins, was buried, and was the only person who has risen in a fully glorified body on the third day. If you believe that this has happened and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are saved from eternal damnation. You'll want to begin to start living for him and not for the world. As scripture states, we become ambassadors for Christ. Imagine that. Amazing. Thank you, Lord. We have a special guest tonight. We welcome Dr. Joy to Uptime. And uh, Dr. Joy began her journey with Christ at a young age after she had a supernatural dream about the end times. She, uh, since then, has had over 45 years of research and study that has allowed her to speak to others about Christ and what it is that is about to happen in our generation. That's right, I said, our generation. She has written a number of books, such as Eden, The Knowledge of Good and Evil, 666, Antichrist, The Cloned Image of Jesus Christ, Beguiled, and more. She's also a singer and songwriter and talk show host. We're excited to have her on tonight, and she will be bringing on her will be bringing on her momentarily. But first, I would like to open up with our uptime panel, and of course, we bring back Brother Bob Barber, End Time Dream of Vision. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, how's it going, guys? All right, from Centurions of Faith, and of course, Brother Bob Hagen. It's always good to be here. <laughs> it's good to be anywhere right now. Good to be with you guys. <laughs> Great to have so, you, brother. Yeah. Uh, verse of the day coming from BibleGateway.com. Uh, they have put up Mark 8.36. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Well, got to think about that one, folks, because, uh, man, we're talking about eternity here, folks. Eternity. Not something to mess with. Um, so, Bob Barber. Thank you for posting uh, a number of uh, clips. It's something that I've anticipated doing. I wanted to be doing for uptime. Mm-hmm. You took control. You you had the time. You had the uh, took the uh, the effort to do it, and uh, you've been doing it, brother. Thank you, and and it's great. It's great to have uh, little segments of uptime uh, yeah. posted here and there. Yeah, it's great. You know, I'll be honest. You know, audience out there now have shorter, shorter, shorter attention spans. You know. And I know of shows that, that are two-hour shows. I'm like, man, you know, I, I wait till I'm building something in the garage, and I love <laughs> stuff like that. You know, I'll turn on the background, <laughs> let it go. You know, but it's like when I'm sitting there and focused, I'm like, I love those 15-minute clips. And I think that there's an audience out there that doesn't watch the uh, uptime all the way through, right. and they miss out on all those little gems from Bob. Hagen here, you know, so I got to make sure I capture him. 
Did you then, say gems from Bob Hagen? Yeah. Poor, poor Barber. He's that, you sure the heat's not getting to you up there, Bob? I, they are I gems. appreciate any time you, anytime you say that. Thank you, man. You're, you got it, man. You guys are, are – you, you know, I, I know you. Uh, you know, the talents that you guys possess are, are far above mine. And technically, you know, you guys are just it's it's wonderful to see the the different things that are going on. And if we can reach anybody at all, you know, it's just like this verse that Greg put up here. You know, a lot of people are after worldly riches and they're going to lose their souls. And Mm -hmm. what we're trying to do here is to give them an ample reason to give Jesus Christ a chance. And whenever we're on here, we may have guests on here who have a lot of knowledge. Like tonight's going to be exciting again. And um, But at the same time, the end, what we're all after here collectively is to get people to come home to the Father. So, Amen. If Amen. we can do that, we're doing our job. Right, guys? Yep. Amen. <clears throat> Michael. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> You guys been having a good time? Um, I had actually some pretty cool stuff happen this week. Uh, I talked about it on a live on the channel this past weekend um, about how I came across this book. Um, The title was from Job chapter 13, verse 15. Though he slay me, I will trust in him. And it was it's a story about a woman whose name is Gail. Well, her husband was the one who actually baptized me a couple years ago. And I had this really intense Job-style dream. And when I woke up, I just felt in the spirit the word Job. So I started reading it again. And as I was going through it, I stopped at that that chapter 13, verse 15. And I just looked up and I seen that book. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. So when I when I grabbed it and I opened it up, just to give you guys some background story, Gail died and she passed away in 2013 from terminal stage Mm. four bone cancer. And uh, her husband had posted excerpts from her journals and her, how her walk was with the Lord and the things that she was praying about and talking about through her journey till she departed to go be with the Lord. And it, I started reading it when I was baptized, but you guys know the situation with the moving around. It kind of got shelved for a long time until now. But it was so amazing because when I was going through her journal, essentially, and reading what he had, you know, authorized for it to be written, it just blew me away how similar our, our walk is collectively and how I realized that it doesn't necessarily take terminal cancer to have that type of relationship with the Lord, but how certain situations can can speed up the process mm-hmm. on the questions and the journey and the sanctification that we go through. But um, I got permission from him and her family photos, and I'm actually going to attempt to do my first kind of more story-style video on the channel. I got permission from the church to go there and shoot some footage, so I'm pretty excited about getting that out soon. Michael, you need to get busy doing something, man. What's what's going on with you? <laughs> You've been slacking. No, it's it's really you know real, real quick. I'm I'm not going to say more than a couple of things. I, I'm really, I'm every time I see Michael, he blesses me. Uh, I I'm always impressed. I'm always impre- He didn't pay me to say that either. I'm impressed how the Lord how the Lord works in these younger people. 
I really am because I'm getting up there and, and uh, you guys are still pretty young and, um, you know, Kevin always reminds me I'm the old man here. So, um, and I'm thinking about Kevin tonight too. I, you know, I wish he was with us again. We miss, we miss you, Kev. Yeah. We miss um, you, brother. Yeah. But, I miss um, Kevin. Come back. But it's really, uh, it's been so hot down there in Texas. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but you know, Michael, the Lord's really, the Lord's really been working in your life, man. And in a lot of ways that you see, and in, in a lot of ways that you're going to see. That might yeah. be a word, a word of prophecy for you. So just keep your eyes open, man. Oh man, and I, I know, I know, I know I you will. Wait. I know you will, brother. Yeah, and I really appreciate that, Bob. You really encourage me. You may say you're the oldest one here, but you're full of years, which means you're full of wisdom, right? <laughs> and it's so it's amazing. And just the hey, the compilation Greg. of the panel here, I think it's just I'm just so grateful to be a part of it. So thank you again, Greg, for always having me on. And it's Absolutely. just so awesome to see with. With Gail, though, and I just, man, I can't wait. I don't want to go too detailed on it because I, I want to show you guys visually and the story of it all. But sure. I think you'll find some very well thought out questions that she had that I, I'm, I can almost guarantee you all have encountered in your walk with the Lord. And mm-hmm. I think it's, I, I just find it so fascinating that how we all go through different circumstances of course, and different, you know, environments, but the Lord is using those unique things, but he's teaching us all the same lessons and the same principles. Amen, and I'm like, I'm like, man, God, you're just so awesome. How God do you do so that? Awesome. It's like, he, really oh, is. he is so cool. So cool. I, I do. I don't want to keep Dr. Joy waiting behind, uh, you know, in the backstage there, I do want to just bring up real quick uh, a just a correction from last week, Revelation five nine. I know we were discussing this close uh, closer to the end of the broadcast, um, but we were bringing up uh, the specific word redeemed us to God and uh, what that really means. Obviously, us uh, being the church, the body of Christ, um, and this is more of a you know, first person, third, second, third person um, um, issue. It's not so much an issue, but uh, I did mention specifically that they changed that to the word them. It was actually uh, in other translations, specifically in NIV, they changed the word to uh, persons, not us, but persons or other uh, translations, people purchased for God, people from every tribe and language, which is true. But when you look at the context of this particular verse, it's talking about in in the present tense of when uh, John was was discussing who he's seeing there, and the elders themselves saying, "Yes, he purchased, but you know, blood, uh, and and with your blood, he purchased for God us from every tribe and language." So you can see the the real dynamic and the change there when you do that. Um, so. Just wanted to point that out there. It's very interesting how other translations have changed wording around. Um, it, But it makes a huge difference, huge difference when you do that, uh, obviously, in the in context. So uh, I do want to bring Dr. Joy on. And uh, Dr. Joy and I go way back, actually, when I was... Uh, I was producing a podcast called the Cursed Net Breakthrough Radio uh, back in 2007 through 2010, actually. Uh, Dr. Joy, we had her on numerous times. Uh, And uh, what a blessing. I mean, so full of knowledge, 
wisdom uh, and the Lord, obviously. Um, this is not uh, Gnosticism. This is not that kind of knowledge, folks. She is uh, she's a, truly a blessing, and it's wonderful to have her back on with us. Dr. Joy Jeffries-Pugh, thank you for coming back on with us. Wonderful to so, have you. I am so honored, Greg. I am so honored to be your guest tonight. And it is such a pleasure to be able to look at you and talk to you after so many years of not being able to talk with you. It's something I've looked forward to since you made the invite. I have really looked forward to being your guest. So this will be a lot of fun to talk about uh, a lot of the research that I've been doing for a very, very long time. Like you talk about, I'm kind of telling my age because I've been doing this a very long time. But (laughs) there's a lot of things that are happening and everything that, Really, I talked about that when I was on the Cursed Net radio with you and was your guest. All of those things really have come to pass. And I know a lot of people were like, oh, my gosh, how did you know that? And I, it's not that I'm a prophet or anything. It's just that I've always done the research because I was really interested in wanting to know what the end of days was really going to be like. And uh, it's been a, a long road to uh, to do the research that I've done. And it's always not been an easy thing because, as you know, when you do research, it's a lot of being alone. It's a lonely walk because you have to do so much reading and spend so much time investigating truth. And it it really does. It takes a lot of time. Anything else but you and the focus to what you believe that God is is directing you into. So thank you for letting me be your guest tonight. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for coming back, coming on with us. It's an honor. and so, you know, you have so many different areas of research. Uh, you have been in so many different areas. Uh, but the one area I really wanted you to focus on tonight was the area of the cloned image of Jesus Christ and who you believe the Antichrist could p- potentially be. Uh, you have a book, right, uh, that addresses this specifically, uh, the Antichrist, the cloned image of Jesus Christ. Uh, and I think, you know, it, it is, it, it's mind boggling. Okay. Um, no matter how many people will, you know, look at it and say, okay, I, I don't know about this, but it could be, uh, you know, the, could be, maybe not, maybe so, but either, either way, it's, it's something that's fascinating to me to think that the shroud of Turin might be used in some cases toward uh, in the end times, for whatever purpose that may be, I had a feeling that it has had something to do with the end times. It is considered a relic in the in Roman Catholicism. And um, would you touch upon that a little bit? But I first just give us a little bit of background of how you came to the Lord, and okay. then we'll discuss your books and we'll get into that specifically. Okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> from the day really that I was. Within the first week, I was in church. And so I've been a Christian and a walk and follower of Christ for a very, very long time now. But my grandparents had me in church the first week that I was born. Uh, my dad did have a dream before I was born. And, of course, I was born during the times when nobody knew if you were going to have a boy or a girl. But he had a dream was a, going to be a little girl and exactly what I would look like and that my name was supposed to be spelled J-O-Y-E, Joy with an E, which was very, very unusual. So when uh, the doctor called him into the hospital room with my mother, of course, they already knew about the dream and they he just looked down and said, that's my joy. So 
uh, you know, I kind of came into the world with these kind of unique kind of things going on. And then uh, at age 11, I actually joined the church and gave my heart to the Lord and, and that kind of thing. But the most interesting thing that happened to me is that I had a dream when I was six years old. And I believe that I saw what was like the end of days and that Jesus was there. And he told me that I would never be alone, that he would always be with me until the end. And so that sent me on a quest at six years of age, really believing that was going to happen in my lifetime and that I would see the end of days. So um, at that time, uh, most of the uh, people in the churches, especially in South Georgia, they felt like that people needed to be about the age of accountability, about 12 years old before you, I guess, made your decision to follow the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I had a real problem with that because I felt like at six years of age, when I woke my grandmother up and was just wanting to go to the church after that dream, that I already knew that there was this was very, very real. And so uh, finally, in a revival, uh, in our little at age 11, I took the step without <laughs> waiting to be 12 years old because my sister, who was about 18 months younger, she decided that she would go as well the night it was during revival. And so we thought, well, if we're going to get in trouble, <laughs> we'll both be in trouble. So we went down and of course we, we, uh, gave our, uh, life to, uh, Christ and asked him to come into our lives and save us. And at that point in time, of course, they extended, uh, the opportunity to be baptized and also to, to join the church. And so it was um, uh, a really a stepping stone for me to e- feel a little bit even closer than I had felt because I felt kind of alienated since I was young and that was not kind of an option. And I would tell anybody today that if you've got a child that is six years old and they say that they want to join the church, I tell you, let them do it. I was very aware of what was going on that point in time and and so um my sunday school teachers would laugh because when i was that age i would ask them so many questions and they would go out and ask my you know my mother and my grandmother would say where in the world does joy come up with these questions and it was not to be you know smart or whatever it was just that i had these questions because i really felt like i was going to see this so 1978, I had just uh, gotten out of uh, high school and had started in college, was I think my, about the third year of my college. And uh, my dad brought home a picture and an article that was in a magazine, and um, it was the Shroud of Turin. And I literally, when I looked at it, I said, Oh my goodness, I this man before i know i know this and he looks just like in the in the dream i had when i was six and i had never forgotten that dream it was one of those kind of things that you never forgot what what i saw and and i i was doing research from the time i was 13 and first book that i really read that was like oh my gosh somebody was the book of revelation in scripture but at the same time i read uh how Lindsay's great late planet earth and so that kind of set me on a, um, I guess, a time period of doing research without really telling a lot of people what I was interested in. I, I did it really all on my own as a young person. And uh, I guess I felt like I was actually called into some type of ministry. But in South Georgia, being a, a woman uh, in the Southern Baptist uh, uh, part of religion, it was not deemed appropriate 
for a woman to preach. And so I found myself just doing research, research, really trying to find the answers to all these questions. And and when I saw the Shroud of Turin in 1978, when I was in college, immediately I was drawn to that this is not a joke. What I have had happen to me at age six, this has been in the back of my mind. And then I would start telling people about the things that I knew and that I'd seen and that I felt like were a part of end times prophecy. They would go, my goodness, Joy, we didn't know that you knew all about this and had this interest. And the reason being is because I couldn't be a preacher. So I was studying to be, you know, a counselor and, 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 and then go on and work on my doctorate and do that kind of thing in the field of education to really expand and maybe run some big organization. But every time I would get into a conference or whatever, then I would start saying, did you pay attention? To what was just done on, on TV and what happened in this? And people would go, well, how does that relate to end of days? And I would start laying it all out. So after I saw this Shroud of Turin, it was just that I knew that there was a there was a part of me that had to maintain and find out everything I could find out because I never doubted that the Shroud of Turin was not authentic. There was no doubt in my mind because it was exactly the same image that I had seen, the same person who had talked to me and told me that I would never be alone, that he would be with me always, even until the end. I didn't even know that, that what he told me at, at six years of age, I was just learning to read. I mean, in, in the first grade, when I, as old as I am, we, we read things like run, spot, run, you know, so I was not able to read a little children's Bible. So it wouldn't be till years later that I would actually read in scripture what was actually told to me and they would be with me to the end of days and that I belong, that he was always with me. So I knew that there was something very significant about it. So I took it on as a project outside of all the studying and all the dissertations and all the research that I was doing for my work to answer these questions. So I started building this huge library. And uh, during my uh, first years working out after I got my master's degree, and as I started working on my, my doctorate, and it started doing that kind of thing, not too long after I had finished my doctorate, uh, my mother came down with cancer and it forced me to have to try to take care of her. And so what happened was mother always that God pulled me outside of work so I could focus on exactly what he was wanting me to focus on. Because as I would take her to her chemotherapy, I would have time to spend looking and researching. And I'm going to tell you, I read so many books during that time. And then at night I would come home and uh, my husband would at that time. If I wanted to type all night, get up the next morning, go again. I was just doing the research myself until, you know, there, there came a time when I knew my mother was very, very, very sick. And I was praying in the spirit there in front of the TV because I really, really, really wanted her healed. And I like that God spoke to me and told me it was time for me to write. A book and I sat back up in the chair and I thought there's somebody in the room with me I heard this voice literally it was there and I said who am I that anybody would ever listen to me or want to know anything about what and it was just this thing in my heart and mind I knew that God has spoke to me and there was a a man on the TV at the same time I would have been watching a, a whole sh another show. And during my prayer for probably 45 minutes on my knees, there I had not paid attention to the anything that was on the TV. It was low and I had not paid any more attention to it. And when I said that, well, who would listen to me? There was a man on TV and he was a, um, a, a book uh, um, a producer, a publisher. 
And he said, somebody out there that uh, has written a book, and I feel like I'm supposed to tell you, you know, to send it to me. Okay. So I had not written the book, but I had done all the research. Well, immediately I went up into my library and I started pulling all these books off the shelf because everything was page marked, highlighted, things written in the in the uh, the sides of the um, pages that, and everything. I mean, it was just absolutely unreal. And so I realized I didn't have to leave my house. I already had that book in all the research that I had done. So I did not tell anybody that I was going to start writing a book. And I began writing it. And when I finished it, I sent it to this man. And he said, that day that I advertised that, he said, I got thousands of whatever. He said, have you sent this to? And I said, nobody. And he says, so if I don't take this, what are you going to do with it? I said, put it on the shelf because you were the person that God sent to me to tell me to give it to you. And that was my first book, Antichrist, the Cloned Image of Jesus Christ. And sure enough, took that book, but I am telling you today that if he had not taken that manuscript, I would have put it on the shelf because I did not believe that God meant for me to send that anywhere but to that. That was not a coincidence that day. I literally heard his voice. I literally sat up and said, well, who would want to listen to me? You know, I'm, I'm no. And then that's on the TV. The, the chances of that happening it are it would be like for thousands of possibilities, you know, that that could never happen. So anyway, that set me on the course of writing uh, books. And I didn't realize all this information that I had been doing I was probably 13, 12 and 13 years of age was just building up inside of me. And I was in Walmart one day right after this happened. And this preacher that I had known came up to me and he looked at me and he said, Joy, I'm going to tell you that God has been giving you information and you can either become a dead sea or you can give people living water. He says he's giving you the information, and if you do not share that information, you're be- you're becoming a dead sea. And I'm going to tell you the hair on my arms literally up because I knew that I knew all of this, and I'd talk about it, and I had all these books that I had done all this research, and I knew that you know that, that for this man to come up to me, he did not know me just like personally or anything like that and for him to have that word for my work I mean I took it serious at that point that that was just not a coincidence and would you believe as I started doing this then you know more research and more opportunities and then Greg just like you gave me the chance to come on your show when I was just starting to get out into the into the field and discussing it and explaining the research and it just became bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until I was on the History Channel. You know, I was doing things on the History Channel. And then I was doing things on TV. And then, of course, more books and more information and everything got involved. And so this has been a long uh, calling. The only way I can say it. And I guess, you know, you know, people will say, well, maybe you're kind of like an evangelist. I think I'm a teacher and I think that God wanted me to explain things. And so when you read my work and you read my books, because I've now have 16 books and I just latest one, it's called Beast Mark. And that was the one that was just introduced at the conference that I did with Zen Garcia in Atlanta. And it sold out the first day. So 
you know, it's one of those things that absolutely is um, showing us that we are living at the end of days. But it's funny, everything that started with me at age six has followed along just like God was showing me. And now, you know, a lot of people will say, well, I read, you know, your book Eden back in so-and-so because I came back and I actually revamped it, revised it to bring it kind of more up to date. And they would be like, how did you know this? And, I, and I'm like, I don't want to ever be seen as a prophet, but I do believe that God had a plan for me. I think that my dad dreaming about me, what I would look like, my name, the whole nine yards was very unusual. And then the fact that that dream at age six, joining the church at age 11, reading Hal Lindsey's book, Great Lake Planet Earth, and then my dad bringing home that article that a good friend of mine re had recently got me, the, the actual magazine. He got me three of them. He found three still out there from the date, time, exactly the article that I saw back in 1978 so that I would have those, artic those articles to always remember seeing the Shrider Turin and going, I know that guy. And so I've never thought that the Shroud of Turin was in any way fake is the real thing. And even the stirrup committee that did the first research back in that time of which that article was written about was already saying that that was really blood, that it was not painted, that what had happened as far as that image being put on that cloth was nothing that scientifically could do to make that occur. And so they were already taking uh, bits and pieces of things from the shroud and they had already cloned it and knew that it was a Jewish man. And so, you know, then all of the stuff started coming out later on, you know, about it not being this and not being that and that it was just some kind of painted relic and it wasn't really real and maybe somebody like Leonardo da Vinci or Michelangelo. I mean, they came out with all kinds of people that could have painted it or done anything about it. But I will tell you this. The Shroud of Turin is the most scientific research relic in all of human history. And they have tried to tell people, if you can reproduce this, you know, they'll be willing to give money to have it reproduced. But it's never going to be reproduced because it is literally a burst, I believe, of pure energy. Of Now my book, Be Smart, explains because we are all electromagnetic in energy. And when that cold energy expands like that and brings out the part of us that resurrects us, it literally has some power that I think left that image. And I do believe without a, that image was left here for the purpose of proof. You know, it was never supposed to be worshipped, you know, because God did not want anything like an idol or anything worshipped. But the fact that when that cloth in the four Gospels is mentioned, that that cloth, the the, the that he was wrapped in were there and they were still in that tomb along with the, the face napkin and the face napkin itself is in Oviedo, Spain. And it's been there since 500 AD. And the thing about it is when you put the face napkin where the shroud of Turin also was 
actually enveloping Christ, the blood stains and everything in regard to the linen cloth, the way the same weave that the herringbone weave and the way the blood actually ran from having him being taken down from the cross. That blood is exactly the same blood that's on the Shroud of Turin. There is absolutely no different spots are also in the same areas. So where people were trying to say that it was a medieval kind of forgery or uh, painting or whatever, that is so not provable because it matches a, a cloth that has never left that area in Spain. Has never been moved around like the shroud was moved from different places to different places under the um, control of the Knights Templar. So the, the fact is that cloth is still an authentic cloth and having the, the face napkin to prove that till had to be at least 500 AD that that shroud existed. And so now all the research that I get in on that, and I would tell you I get research on the shroud every day because that's how much is being done on it. No one right now will tell you that that's not authentic relic, that it really is from a man who was crucified, who had everything that the Gospels tell us happened is on that shroud. And so, you know, when you finally realize that's for, reason it's being kept quiet because I think it's not right time right now for it to be released as an authentic thing but it's going to be it's being held and in, in, a, in a beautiful encasement with all the scientific studies everything is going to be used at the end of days to prove something and we've got several things that we can look at including the spear that pierced Jesus' side, the nails, and some of the cross that still exist. And the correlation, even the uh, crown of thorns that went around his head, there is pollen that's on that shroud in that same area, and the only pollen is from a certain thorn plant that only grows in that Jerusalem area. And so, you know, what? For you to look at everything that's on there, including the pollen, all of the different pollens and things that they would, you know, were going to put on him during that time when they went in and they used the, the herbs and things that they would prepare a person for death and burial, everything, including the, the, the stones that they walked on over there in, in Israel, the type of calcium and everything that's in that area. At the bottom of that shroud where his feet were has that same exact thing. And then when you look at the blood stains, you find in forensic, uh, any kind of, if you do a forensic evaluation, let's just say somebody is beaten and killed and they are literally attacked, your blood have certain things in it. That, uh, that shows you from a forensic standpoint, if I'm a forensic specialist, then I can tell you this person was either, you know, tortured, raped, whatever. Something was done to them because of the, the types of chemicals and the way the blood shows all of that. So from forensic science, 
it is a proven fact that this man went through something like crucified, you know, being crucified because of all the blood levels being at what they were at. And so it's not just one thing. It's a lot of things. And now that we have these analyzers that we use to look at planets and we can see like topography, we can shoot the shroud and the shroud itself has three-dimensional capability. So it means that you would have to paint the shroud in 3D. We cannot paint a shroud in 3D. So now the other thing is like when we take photographs of, let's say, a gymnast at the Olympics, in one shot now we can show the gymnast doing a complete in increments. You will see her do the complete circle. The Shroud of Turin, using that same type of analytic photography, is literally moving through the Shroud. So when you look at all aspects of everything there, including the blood, it's really blood. And the other thing in the area where the spear went into Jesus' side as he was hanging on the cross, he had to lift it up to take a breath. You suffocate. And so you build up this enormous amount of fluid in the pericardial area of the heart and lungs. And so when the spear went in, as we know in scripture, it says all this ran out of him. Well, that fluid, that pericardial fluid is on the Shroud of Turin. And every one of the, the places that he is showing that flesh has been removed, when they use the cat and nine tails to flagger, you know, pull the him and beat him, it literally was like a, a cat claw going in. And if you have like a cat and they grab a hold of you, you know, if they stick their claws in and you pull away, it just pulls the flesh right off your hands. Well, that same thing that we know in scripture is said on Christ on the image of the shroud, both front and especially his back. You can see where that cat of nine tails was put in him and pulled and that flesh would literally be pulled off of him. So every aspect of what we were told, the gospels is literally there on that piece of herringbone cloth. And herringbone cloth of that nature was what and only they used during that time when Jesus was there in that tomb. There was no mixing. Whereas the cloth was totally linen. When they did the 1988 carbon dating, the shroud had been in a fire and it had been reworked on the corners by some nuns. And they had restitched it. Well, the British Museum should have known, but they took and allowed three different universities to cut an area of the cloth that they knew was an area that had been reworked. And what happened was one of the guys that was with the original research committee, the STRP committee for the had already taken samples and knew that it was all linen. When the 1988 carbon dating came out to disprove the shroud worldwide, they used an area that the, the cloth was mingled linen with cotton. 
No Jewish person ever used in linen, cotton and linen, everything. That was an abomination to mix anything. It was solid linen. So I knew when that came out like that, that there was some game being played to keep the knowledge that the Shroud of Torah is, in fact, a definite, definite relic of Jesus Christ. And it's being just held back until the right time because there is no way that somebody who knew those nuns reworked that cloth should have ever anybody cut from that area. So I'm thankful that the Stirp Committee was actually involved with the Shroud of Turin while it was still a relic that had been, uh, was actually the person that was over it was King Umberto of Italy. And he died. He bequeathed that Shroud to the Pope and the Catholic Church that was being held there in Turin. And so then when the Pope got their hands on it, they wanted everything back that the Stirp Committee had taken from it. The blood, the pieces of the cloth. Well, isn't that interesting that they wanted to kind of get a hold of it and kind of keep that from, you know, doing something really, really weird and not wanting maybe the truth to come out. So uh, the 1988 carbon dating bars, and uh, they did come out and they they did tell that it had been done wrong. It was, it was from a re- reworked piece of cloth. But, you know, it's kind of like this. When they when they came out and said, oh, you know, it's a fake this, that, and the other, they made big national news. And then when they came back, once they talked about it, they came back and, you know, like on CNN, they kind of run those little things across the bottom of the, the TV screen where they might have told it there. So the majority of people in the world still think the cloth is not authentic because of the 1988 carbon dating, which is totally not right. So we're looking, we're looking at a piece of uh, history that literally proves that Jesus Christ was here and that he resurrected, and according to scripture, he is coming back. And that there is a time that we're taught when all these crazy things are going to start happening, they're going to converge like a woman in travail, and they're going to start happening closer and closer and closer and closer together with greater and greater and greater and greater intensity. And what are we living in right now? Something, a world that has never been humanity anything like it is today amen amen Amen. oh man yeah that was incredible so yeah go ahead michael yeah the shroud of torin i mean that is something that's really interesting i always thought it was kind of like just i don't know i didn't know what to make of it but i can't recall the documentary but someone had posted a documentary about it and it just it really blew my mind when I started seeing all those uh, the details, especially the aspect of the cloth itself in the, the light that was generated from Jesus resurrecting from the grave. It was like an overexposed image that imprinted across the cloth. So when you look at the blood spattering in the forensics there and seeing as what Dr. Joyce was saying about how the blood is overlaid over the image of the cloth itself, in the third dimension, there's no way. There's just no way you could paint something like that. And I, I mean, I suppose I'm not a forensic expert, but uh, I do know from some combat lightsaber courses 
there's a difference between capillary and arterial bleeding, which right. has different oxygen content. So I would imagine that's probably what would the difference would be, but it would be completely consistent with the crucifixion because again, I mean, Jesus, exactly. he bled, yeah, he bled out for us guys and it's by his blood that he atones for us. So it's just so amazing to see all those dots connected that you bring up, uh, Dr. Joy. And I was like, that's so amazing. Cause everything you're saying, I, I've totally looked into myself and I was like, it's so perfect. Like, how mm. could it not be, you know? Well, I, when I do my research and like I say, I did my research for me because I, I did not want to, I, I didn't think I would be doing books or being on history channels or doing anything of this nature. I was literally trying to answer these questions for myself. And I will tell you, I do not want to fool myself. You know, <laughs> I want to know the yeah. truth and whatever it is. That's Amen. the way I went after this. I said, you know, I don't want to get caught up in, in a religion that teaches the wrong thing or whatever. I was just like, Lord, show me truth. Let me look at the science. Let me understand the science. Let me not be misled in the science. But I will tell Amen. you this. I truly believe that our Bible we know is a hundred percent true, but where they separated science and religion all these years, what is being done right now is that science is catching up with biblical scripture and mm -hmm. it will be science that proves everything that we have been taught in scripture is the truth. Amen. You know, I love we the fact that these people showed up and you know, when that, when that shrouded turn really started picking, grabbing some rubber and people, they, people get excited and believe it. Then they had to try to find some way to discredit it. You know, exactly. it's like the devil. Like, yeah. Oh, we're trying yeah. to believe in this thing. Find a way to discredit it. Hey, attach that, attach this, and uh, discredit it and stuff like that. But, you know, the fact of the matter is everybody is fascinated with this shroud, which is Jesus. Okay. And now you have, like you said, Dr. Joy, everything is happening now. It's converging. All these timelines are converging now. And you also have the uh, the UFO disclosure, which are fallen angels. And yes. we talked about last week. These fallen angels are showing up, and they're having conversations, according yes. to what I've seen in interviews and stuff like that. And the main thing that these aliens care about is we ha we have the wrong idea of who Jesus is. Exactly. Okay, that's all they care about. They don't care right. about you know helping us to have a better life, make more yeah. money, be more creative, uh, in improve a technology, improve health. Of wisdom about the universe? No. All they care about is, hey, you guys need, you guys have completely misunderstood who Jesus is. He's one of right. us. And I'm like, you guys travel supposedly trillions of light years that come to Earth of all planets. And the only narrative, the only thing you care about who Jesus is. That's all you care about. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, it's so obvious. Come on, man. You know? Well, you know, when I when I first started doing, uh, of course, I saw my first UFO when I was eight years of age, and I wrote about it in my book, Parables of Joy on a Georgia Farm, because I was riding on the back side, back back of a Honda motorcycle with my father, and we and he was a pilot, and that was during the days when you didn't see anything at night flying around, nothing. I mean, there, even the Atlanta airport was one building, and it would take hours for one plane to come in. So, and when I saw this in my lifetime. And I couldn't know what it was. And my dad did not know. And he was a pilot. I was really like taken back. Let's 
attention at eight years of age. There's something up there and it's real. So when I started doing the research, the one thing that I did find in doing uh, and helping people who were absolutely having some type of visitations at night, what I found, and it was interesting about the same time, uh, Dr. Barry Dowing, who was a Presbyterian minister, started doing this same thing too. I would tell the people when they would say that these beings were visiting them, that if they would call out on the name of Jesus and they had to do it fervently because uh, if you don't do it and mean it in your heart, then it's not going to work. But I would just say fervently call out on the name of Jesus and, and see if they will. And sure enough, the people that I was dealing with that were having these things happen to them, they used the name of Jesus. Well, what did that just ring everything true to me and that who and what goes away with the name of Jesus. I went Mm -hmm. back and looked at the scriptures and in the scriptures, we know that when Jesus came up to the guy that was there in the graveyard and he had 2000 of these things. I mean, people don't stop and think they think it may be one or two and they ran into the swine. He had a legion of 2000 of these things. They talked to Jesus. They knew Jesus and know Jesus. And they, at the same time, wanted to know if he had come before the time. I mean, they literally were talking to the Son of God here on this planet. He, They knew him. He knew them and literally were real. So when people don't want to live in demonic presence, they are fooling themselves. Because if you're, if you're a Christian and you believe scripture, you have got to believe the whole book. You cannot pick and choose little things that you don't want to deal with. Because mm-hmm. everything in scripture is spot. It is real. And we are about to see something major manifest. And I've been saying this the whole time. I wrote about it a long time ago. These mm-hmm. things that are fallen angels, because they do, these demonic beings do Go away when you call out the name of Jesus. And that's the only, and the, you can't use the name Amen. of Allah. You can't use the name of Confucius. You can't use, you can't use any other name but the name of Jesus to get mm-hmm. those beings to stop. Barry Dowling's mm-hmm. work proves that. My research proves that. Nothing else will stop it. If you're engaging in, in activities that are sinful, if you're doing pedophilia, if you're doing pornography, if you're doing adultery, whatever it is, your body, and I proved that in my new book. I got to show it because I'm so proud of it. My new book, Be Smart. I prove in this work that it is literally your body is vibrating. And your vibrational frequency allows Satan's demonic beings to know when you're falling away from from God. And you draw them to you. That's why scripture tells you all the time, keep your mind on the scriptures at all times. Do not put your mind over to anything else. Because if you do, if you do that, it allows this evil to come more and more and more and more to you. You can look at this. And when God, when, when Jesus was here and he would heal people, you know, if you swept that house clean, what did it tell you? If you swept it clean, you better keep it clean. Because if you didn't, he brought the one that went out, brought seven more back. And anybody that's ever dealt, and I've dealt with people who were uh, using drugs and trying to get off drugs or smoking or drinking, anything that's that's addictive. If you stop the first time and you can stay away from it, you do good. But if you 
start back drinking, smoking, using drugs, pornography. What if you get that? Aged in that, instead of that one that went away, he brings more and more and more and back. And as that goes through time, as you work with drug addicts, you find out the first time if they can stay away, usually 100% never go back if they can stay away. If they can't stay away, then the next time it's harder and harder to you get that you've got drug addicts that will never get away from it because they've gotten so far away and so full of this, they can't. They can't escape it. And so our, unfortunately, and I, you know, I was in in the counseling field, unfortunately, mental health is not dealing with this. In -hmm. other words, they don't have a, a category to put people who are demonically possessed and demonic possession is a real thing. And what people don't understand is that, you know, when you see those, the movie, The Exorcist years ago, people just thought that was some funny, stupid little movie that was based on a true story. And anybody that's involved with this ministry, I've had an opportunity to see all of this, to be a part of some of it. And I know that these demonic entities are very, very, very real, but it's like, yeah. People will say, well, I don't want to believe in demons. I don't want to believe in um, things that go bump in the night. The one thing yeah. that people don't realize is that our Bible is the most paranormal Bible, paranormal <laughs> thing that's ever been written. And it's 100% true. So all these little, you know, podcasts that want to do all their little things about paranormal, I get so tickled because people just ask me, they why do you go on on those paranormal shows? And I'm like, because I want to prove to them that the paranormal is real. It's very real. And if you play with it, like scripture says, you're going to get into a lot of trouble if you're doing it in the wrong aspects. Mm-hmm. Because everything in our Bible depends on you understanding a spiritual realm. And it's right here. We're a part of it. We in our bodies, yeah. we're, we've got our body that's a physical body, a spiritual body, and a soul. And when you go through near-death experience, when this physical body quits, the heart quits beating, the electromagnetic capability of doing what it does, when outside of your body, I am going to tell you that you look just like you look right now. That's why when you go up into heaven, everybody knows who you are. You're known as you know. You look like you. You don't go to a grave. The, the Bible does not tell you that anybody out there that died is in that grave. It tells you that that body out there is a and that you have stepped immediately into one or the other places, and that's heaven or hell. There is no purgatory. In other words, you're one place or the other. You can go back and look at the parable that Jesus taught about the rich man and Lazarus, and he said that rich man was down there in hell. He was burning, and he said, Father Abraham, will you let Lazarus dip his finger in water and cool my tongue? So in your spiritual body, which you step out of, and it goes into hell, it's already suffering. It's no different than when the burning bush with Moses, when he saw that burning bush, it was not consumed. Mm-hmm. And at the end of this, it says that everybody... And people don't think about this. They think only the Christians get raised up into resurrected bodies. Scripture tells you everybody gets done. So the people whose spirit and soul, because your soul is your mind, it doesn't stay in your body. Science has been trying to keep that soul there, going to redo something with it. There's no way to do it. When you step out of the body, your mind is with you. Near-death experiences, people being laying on the table, their eyes are closed, they're dead. They're hovering above their bodies. They see everything. They hear everything. They know where everybody is. They can look at their body. They're still them. Their mind is 
him. The same way the scripture says that the rich man knew Lazarus. He knew Father Abraham. He knew he was in hell. He wanted somebody to go to his family who was still alive on this planet and try to tell them and warn them about it. So that tells you even at the moment of death, you are not dead. It never tells us our spirit or our soul ever die. Moment you step out of your body, you look just we could if we all died right now, we'd still see each other just like we are. We could talk to each other just like we are. We are still who we are and we look who what we are. In the catching away that's gonna happen, your body is gonna be changed in a twinkle of an eye so that you do just like Jesus did in Strata Terrain. You change and you become that. But everybody at the end of time after the thousand year reign at the great white throne he's going to call those people with their spirit and soul that are in hell when they come to stand before him they are going to be put in a resurrected body meaning that for all eternity they're going to burn and the thing about it is once you become immortal you don't die you know death is a great thing here on this planet Mm -hmm. if you're in bad pain Get out of it. You can never get out of it if you end up in hell. It will yeah. be a constant burn, constant eating. The worm never dies. Yeah. In other words, you will feel every bit of that. And I'm going to tell you, the near-death experiences of people that I have dealt with in case studies, when I, and they absolutely are going into hell. And they will say, like, for example, in the near-death experiences of people who die and go into heaven, it's kind of a tube and they're going up and they start seeing the beautiful light and everything about what kind of heaven is like in the hell experience. They fall down. And as they're falling away, it, the light gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And then they start getting attacked by these things that are, they said that it's just like these terrible bat looking things that are just all over them. And they can mm. feel them attacking them well. and the people who live to tell about it. Ones that say, as that light got almost out, they cried out, Jesus, save me. And then all of a sudden, the light got brighter and brighter and brighter. And then all of a sudden, they were back in their bodies. Those people that had those experiences, I'm going to tell you something. When they got back alive, they didn't do anything wrong. Because they knew, shot of a doubt, that they had seen what hell was going to be like. I mean, because it's not, when people say, well, it's like in darkness, and they think you're just lights out. The darkness means you don't have the light of Jesus Christ ever again that you will see. There is That's never right. any hope. The hope is totally gone. And the totally people gone. hell will be burning. And some people say, oh, like you see on TV at these things, you know, and they're playing like the, the devil and they got the orgies going on and all this kind of stuff, you know, like on the Grammys uh, with the <laughs> that song, you know, they're all having a great time. I'm going to tell you and what they're going to yeah. find out in hell, they're going to be burning and hurting so bad. They're going to hate everywhere. Mm. In other words, if they think they're going down there to party, they're going to hate. In other words, if they see the people they did adultery with, if they see the people they stole with, if they see the people they drank with, they used drugs with, everybody is going to hate everybody because they can never leave that place. There's no hope left. I'm so glad that you brought that in because Boy. there are so many preachers now talking about, well, not so many, but and there are some out there that are saying, okay, well, once you perish, that's it. The Bible says you perish. You're not going to feel anything. Yeah. You're not going to. You're just gone. You just dwindle, dwindle away to nothing. Did you? Uh, you, you they didn't really, read their Bible. Yeah, <laughs> their you Bible. Really, uh, you know, one of the things that I I try to do when I'm 
when I'm on here is to is to put my three or four cents in whenever I can. And um, I'm very impressed with what you've been talking about and what you've been saying. And uh, you definitely have the uh, one of the one of the gifts you have is that of an evangelist. I, I can tell you because you're very uh, you're very eloquent in what you're saying, but you're also you're not it's you're not bringing it forward like a um, you know it's the love of God that calls a man and a woman to repentance. That's right. You know we 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 uh, we serve the one true and living God and. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Yes. Uh, I used to be involved in Buddhism pretty heavily. So oh. when you brought up, a, you know, the different isms, you know, and all the Shinto and all the Zen and all the other stuff yes. that was going on, I was thinking about that. But at the same time, if there are people that are watching, and we, we do this about every week, you know, we, we say you're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed five minutes from now. You really need to make a decision and you need to stop thinking that uh, the one true and living God is an ogre who, who just, he, want, he wants all men to be saved and to come into knowledge of the truth. Right. So if there is a knowledge of the truth, which we know there is, then it has to be available to have it. And it is. Yes. If you say, you know, Lord Jesus, I want to learn. Or if somebody's out there and says, you know, I, God, I, I want you to show me. Just give this Jesus a chance. That's right. usually what I say. And if you do, he will come into your life and change your life. He will. Um, now, you, you're talking about addictions and things like that. It's very. Uh, Frank Hammond wrote a book called Pigs in the Parlor. You've probably heard of Frank Hammond. Mm -hmm. I have. And and he talks an awful lot about that, different things that go on about people who have gotten through addictions and have come back in and they're far worse off. That's right. I've gone I've gone through the addiction route with some things, and I I know that's true, mm -hmm. but it's just it's a it's one of the things that people need to realize that we can only live one day at a time. Right. And when you started doing your research, you could only research that one day. That's right. But when you when you saw that guy on there, that man on there was saying somebody's going to be writing a book, that had to, that triggered something within your spirit that said, <laughs> yes, it did. "That's me." That's right. And, There's and no who, doubt. Who, who who is going to listen or who wants to read stuff that I'm writing? It's just like when Bob Barber started doing his videos all those years ago. I'm sure you were thinking in the back of your mind, Bob, who in the world is going to want to watch stuff I've done? That's right. You and, know, and the same you know, thing with and same thing with Micah. Yeah. You know, it That's funny. You know it's funny when I started my channel real fast, I was just putting out there for anybody and I wasn't even aware that there were subscribers on YouTube. I wasn't even aware <laughs> of it. And all of a sudden I got I got I got a notification from YouTube today, hey, you have 128 people that's a, to subscribe this week. I'm like subscribe. <laughs> What's what subscribe? What's a subscriber? <laughs> and I found I come to find out like the, oh, so people follow me. I didn't know you did that on YouTube. And then Bob I, started charging for anybody. <laughs> I was just trying to do the Lord's work, and all of a sudden, that's hey, right. there's people out there that will follow you. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know about that. You send five dollars to Bob Barber, and you get. 
<laughs> a set of pencils. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that is. But it's that really is so... an impressive uh, joy. I, I, I appreciate what you've shared. It's, it's the Shroud of Turin information. Yes, yeah. and that's just the tip of the iceberg, brother. Yeah, it really but, is. Um, and... You know the the you know with everything that you've been saying, which has been wonderful, and it's been very enlightening. I think that last the last few minutes of what you shared was probably not taken away from the importance of the other things, but really the story of salvation and what is at stake Yes, is the most important thing. It's the whole reason that Greg Amen. put this whole thing on. That's right. And it's the reason that we get together and, uh, you know, I wasn't even going to be on here tonight because I have different things that are going on, but I kept thinking to myself, you know, I, I just have to get on there for some reason. And now I know why. Yeah. And we've all, you know, we, we're all familiar with what Jesus Christ accomplished, but are we yes. really, yeah. are we really believing everything that he accomplished? That's right. And I'm not, and I've yeah. been a believer for a long time and I more things every day that I see that prove because the world proves the word every day there's something that comes up that shows that like you're saying everything what bobby's doing it's it's culminating and what and what michael's been doing with his different productions and things it's culminating is coming to it an apex yes to where it's gonna one of these days we're gonna hear that trumpet that's right and Amen. it's okay if it happens right now. <laughs> yes. It would be wonderful. Amen. But there's still an opportunity for people to believe and to, to have their lives changed. That's right. That's a, that's a great yeah. thing. We say, well, if we're here next week. If we're here yeah. next week, there's still more people to believe. Right, yes. Michael? Oh, yeah. And it's it's just amazing <clears throat> everything you're bringing up, Dr. Joy. It's, just, it's truly a joy. I mean... The things that you're saying, and I think we've all experienced in some form or fashion when the Lord's speaking to us, the Holy Spirit speaking to us. I mean, you can be anywhere, guys. You can hear something on a radio, and you just know. It's like it just provokes your conscience, and you're like, God, Lord, you know, and whether it be for exhortation or reprovement, you know, it's so amazing to hear the voice of God. And if we just still and we listen, you will hear it, guys. And yes, you just will. To, it just believe, too, because a lot of people will experience that and they'll just be like, oh, it's happenstance coincidence that they happen to be talking about something that I was just thinking about, you know, and giving a clear word of direction. And it's like, guys, there's one thing we got to remember is there's no such thing as coincidence. There's no such real thing as <laughs> no, just no. happenstance. God right. is orchestrating is all this. All things are working together. So it's amazing. And when you brought up the near-death experience, and I've mentioned that here on this channel before, I was like, that's exactly what I experienced. I remember looking down at myself, my wife, my daughter, yes. and one thing that really came out of that Again, it's the goodness of God because I could have been cut off in that state. But yes. God in his infinite mercy, thank you, Jesus, did not allow that to happen. And we're glad right. it didn't happen to you, Michael. Yeah, me too. Gonna, <laughs> you <laughs> you thank just you, Jesus. such an incredible blessing, me, having a little brother like you. Well, I appreciate it. But, yeah, God's uh, so awesome. Oh, oh, one last thing. The Shroud of Turin and, and what you were saying 
isn't that so true about disinformation campaigns? Anything that leads back to a spiritual truth that will bring you back to Jesus, whether it be UFOs, being fallen angels, whether it be the Shroud of Torrent, it's always, there's always a disinformation campaign or a counterintelligence operation that takes place. And when they are willing and ready to dispense that or release that information, just like she's saying about the Shroud of Torn, they will look at the UFO disclosures that are yes. coming very soon. So they will bring it back around again when it suits their purpose and agenda. That's ex- exactly right. It's no different than some of the uh, things that in, the antiquity people in Egypt and the pyramid and stopping people from, you know, the Hall of Records and, you know, the Turkey, the government not letting us get up into the mountains of Ariat to really look at what maybe, uh, you know, Noah's Ark. There's just a lot sure. of things that are being held back. You can't go into the Vatican libraries. You can't go into the British Museum. There are things in the Smithsonian that you're not allowed to look at. So there's a lot that are being held for some reason, for some great, fun, you know, crisis or whatever to manifest and, and use this uh, a positive or a negative thing with whatever they're going to bring out. But I will tell you that the new thing with this UAP and the unidentified aerial phenomena, you know, when I was uh, doing the research for this, this book that just come out, I uh, came across where the uh, NASA had actually hired a Catholic priest to be able to prepare people for the uh, breakthrough of knowing that there are some, there is something else out there. And so I just find it interesting that, that NASA has already had and has put that in place, having the whistleblower come out and, and really tell the, the world there, there's something else. We are not alone. He, and he made that. I, I've listened about every podcast that I could listen, every interview. I've read everything that I could get my hands on. I'm interested to know what they are going to bring before Congress because I know that the Congress, especially in Tennessee, I think in, in Florida, are working on trying to get the people who will be doing the, I guess, the uh, witnessing in regard to what the whistleblower is saying. But, you know, what people don't understand, if they are not paying attention to this, this man has just come forward to tell us we are not alone and that this these craft and the things that they have been playing with to backward engineer, they've made people look like they were conspiracy theorists that came forward years ago and released information and were blackballed and everything else for what they were telling and made to look like fools. This man is t- telling the world it is a real phenomenon. This stuff has been going on and these things are very real. Well, from the time I started writing, I've said these things were real. The book of Daniel tells you that there are, there were watchers and there were mm-hmm. holy ones. Yep. And the watchers have been here with us. They watch and they know when you do something wrong. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to do the last book that I, that I did because I want people to understand that your vibratory state allows them to interact with you and that this artificial intelligence is coming down the pike to really put us into an artificial intelligence world with transhumanism. I talk about all of that and how Klaus Schwab and the World Health, uh, Health Organization are work, working so much with Elon Musk. They'll play like they don't like each other. I want to tell mm-hmm. you, Elon Musk oh, was a student sure. of, uh, of Kloss. And so the intent is transhumanism. The, the book of Daniel told us that the last and final generation would be a major of clay and iron. And you can yeah. clearly see that they're wanting to connect us. And with the Neuralink capability and the Starlink satellites that I've I watch the skies at night. I'm a very avid sky watcher because I believe that there's things that we can see. And I have seen and documented and are, are in a 
record for that kind of thing. The, the main thing is when you put 42,000 satellites you know, circling this planet like that, you have a vibratory state. I show that your DNA, literally, scientifically, has its own song. Everything literally is singing. The thing is, is that you are no different than your cell phone. So if you are sitting out in the middle of a 100 million people, when I call your number, does anybody else's phone ring? No. Your phone rings to your number. The same thing is that your DNA is vibrating. You have your own. Once I get any of your DNA, take it out of you. I can put it in a Petri dish. I can carry it to across the world. If I traumatize you, your DNA in that Petri dish is going to show that you're being traumatized. It literally is a part of you. So the big thing has been to get people's DNA Human data is the new oil for this world. It's being sold at record rates because mm -hmm. once they get your vibratory status, you are your own cell phone. That's why we're getting away from using credit cards and Amazon One is going to the palm your palm it reads your palm it reads the capillaries your veins yep. and everything that's there on your palm. You don't have to use anything but your palm. Mm. You are your own vibrating antenna and that's why i talk about breaching the pineal gland and that is quartz and it is like an antenna and once they get your number they can call you up in the middle of a million people because it's only your vibration that mm. they're connecting to and so that's how the mark of the beast is going to be it'll be a choice you'll have to take mm. it and be connected up to that neuralink to do artificial you know, intelligence, mankind's mind cannot keep up with it. And they know that. I mean, when you had these people had the, you know, they did uh, Jeopardy. I mentioned that the other night. They used Watson. A computer not have to think. We have to have a process of thinking so we can never beat a computer program that can ask answer a million questions Immediately. Alexa is a perfect example if you have one in your home. It is so fast. And it, and you might think, well, I kind of know this, but let me ask her. Think about it. She knows it just like that. So as our world goes to this post-humanism, which is the Great Reset, which is the fourth industrial revolution, it is to connect us up. But to connect us up, we have to be half and half be able to function in a society and right now artificial intelligence they say is about to come up with a new bible that's based on oh, yeah. artificial yeah. intelligence says so yeah. everything mm -hmm. is being pushed to this point that you know the great reset love mother earth you know 30 sustainability goals and objectives it's all being planned and, mm. and, and the depopulation so that there's less numbers of people to be able to get your particular song and connect you to. And so when they march you down to get this connection, they're going to say, oh, this is where we're going to keep it with artificial intelligence. This is the post-human world. This is transhumanism. If you don't take it, we can't sustain you. So you have a choice. You can either take this or you can go to the guillotine it is your choice just like the book of job satan yeah. can't take your you can take he can mm -hmm. take job's life yeah. Yeah. job had what? to either curse yeah. god and die the same thing with the smart they cannot hold you down they will not have to hold you down your dna is all they need 
It's you. You can't give it to somebody take it from somebody else they know if you're using your vibrational state to get the milk to get the honey they have been programming and putting everything in a supercomputer so that they know everything you bought at walmart for the last year if you don't keep mm-hmm. buying at walmart where are you goods from when they take and they do the greatest crisis which may be this thing where we find out that there are aliens among us they may say, everybody's got to come down and do this right now. If you don't do it, you know, you're not trying to save humanity. And your choice is your choice. You can take um, this yeah. at the mark of the beast, it's but choice. it is your choice. Nobody can make you take the mark of the beast. It is going to be your choice. But they're going to make it look like the only way to do is to take the mark for humanity, to maintain humanity. That's what they're after. Yeah. So. We're headed so there so fast. Technology is already here for the mark yeah. of the beast, for the Antichrist. And the Antichrist yeah. is getting ready to step into the yeah. scene. And when he does, that mark is going to come down. And you cannot buy, sell, or trade without it. And right now, yeah. if a crisis occurs, they're going to put us under either martial law or either put the countries into cryptocurrency. Then you can't, I don't care, you've got silver and gold. You can't eat silver and gold. You, there is yeah. nothing you can do other than, baby, and have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and march right up there and have your head cut off. But what I'm trying to tell people, if you have your head cut off, you are not dead. And if people can get it in their minds that when they have to make that decision one day, if they're not caught away, if they have to make that decision, then they know that if their head comes off, they are not dead. They mm-hmm. are more than they'll ever be alive like me and you sitting here. But well, that trying, that's like, but it's kind of like yeah. you got to go on the faith. Oh, yeah. And if you don't yeah. know this mm-hmm. as a fact, you're going to be pulled away because mama don't, don't die. Daddy don't die. The children don't go over there. Everybody and their brothers are going to be begging you not to choose that, to choose right. to be a transhuman, to choose to follow the Antichrist, to choose right. to follow this so that you can get yeah. your cryptocurrency and get all that's, your meds. Well, that's where I wanted to segue into wh- what you believe the royal family has to do yeah. with this. Oh, uh, listen. Can, can, I ask a, can I ask a quick question? Because I'm going to have to go here in a minute. What, sure. is the name of, what is the name of your new book again? I, I just... You it's held called, it up there. Yeah, it's called Beast Mark, End of Days. Let okay. me get into breaching the pineal gland. Okay. And so you can go that- you can go to my website and you can click on the link and get it. It's in hardback and in, in soft. And I guess it will eventually come out like in Kindle and those kinds of things, but this it's just brand new. It's just just come okay. out. Well, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Greg. I just you know, I, I stayed on a little longer because I'm so interested in what she's been saying, but yeah, of course. Yeah, I yeah. think I'm going to I'm gonna have to. We're going to have to do another. Yeah, I'd like to. The next time you come back, I'll stay for the whole time. I just uh, I'm dealing with some things right now, but um, thanks so much for coming on, Joy. It was thank you, thank you for inviting yeah. me to be a part of this panel tonight. Yeah, right now. Yes. Okay, thank you guys. God bless. All right, brother. Yep, we'll God be praying for you. you. All right. Thanks Take for coming care. on. Uh, yeah, so, man, that's so. This is. Like to make a quick comment here, Greg. Go ahead. Because uh, I haven't said nothing in a while here. Uh, I just want to make a quick comment about you. You were talking about Joy that uh, there's they're holding back a lot of information. You go to those different places, they're holding back a lot of information. Yes. 
So right now you can see this whole thing. They're holding back a lot of information, and they're also censoring information now. That's right. So they're censoring and holding back a lot of information, and now they're now they're pushing the UPA UFO narrative. Okay, all I gotta say is this: if the Bible is not true as far as the removal of mass amount of Christians all around the world, the rapture, resurrection, then why are they laying down these narratives? All right. right. Why are they campaigning so hard now with all this stuff? That's all right. right. Why, why are they doing it? If, if that if that event's not going to happen, I mean, they even had that book that came out in the 90s, uh, uh, Project World Evacuation. Okay. Yes. And it talks about how the, the all the believers of the world, Christians, will be removed. And it basically said uh, in the moment, it's like in, in a lightning flash of lightning. It will happen so fast before it will happen so fast. You won't even have a chance to even consider what, what happened. And, of course, right. the Bible said in the moment of twinkling of an eye at the last show. So they get all their narratives from the Bible. Okay. And they're laying the narratives down right now for us to be take to explain why we're getting taken out of here. So right. I think it's a very, it's a huge indicator right now. Everything you're laying out right now which has everything to do with the mark of the beast, pineal gland, and all the stuff like that, you know, and everything that they're doing now and all the censorship. Obama came out last week saying everybody needs a digital ID, and that needs to be done before the 2024 election. That's because right. if they put out wrong information, we should be able to shut them down and then throw them in prison. That's what Obama that's right. said. So I mean, that's where we're at now, folks. That's right. Okay, so they hey, are so they make it, they, they make it look like they make it look like it's for the good, but they are corralling you and getting you mm-hmm. right where they want you. Yeah. Right. And well, a lot yeah, of this yeah. stuff they're getting you to voluntarily do. I mean, what you're talking about with the DNA. I mean, think about Ancestry.com. Think about 23andMe, you know. And, and you have, you know, the Human Genome Project that started to map it all out. So. You can just see how it's all just interconnected. All it's all woven together. So we are definitely seeing a combination of technologies and plans. But isn't it crazy how they introduce some of their 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 tentacles out there? Because it's like people are like, "Oh yeah, I want to see where my genealogy comes from," you know. And then then they got you. Then they got yeah, you. Well, that's like the little thing that I used to always say about that we are like a, a a frog. You can put a frog in a pan of water on a stove. And you can slowly turn up the heat and the frog literally boil before you realize he's, he's boiling. It's done so subtle and so, you know, cleverly like Obama saying like what you're saying to make it look like, oh, well, we want our votes to count. So we got to run out and do it this way. And, and the same thing with Amazon going, well, we don't have to use credit. Use your palm. It'll be so much easier. You don't have to worry about having your mm-hmm. credit card. Mm-hmm. You won't have, and, and, and they're getting away from having cashiers. Even in our area, they're getting you to go ahead and start using your card more so that you don't have to have a cashier because they're going to get to the point that there's no cashier, that there is just your palm and yep. it's taken in and out crypto and, and you have no control or anything over it. And so if you don't have that in the system and you're not part of the system for it to work, then you cannot get anything. And people are not mm-hmm. stopping to think if you use any kind of drugs, you have to have money to yeah. survive on. I mean, in other words, they're going to come to the point that y- you can't get anything. And so people are going to panic. And, you know, I always talk about mob mentality. You get mm-hmm. people start going in those directions and people will do it without even thinking about the science behind 
anything in regard to it. Plus, They'll just follow the leader. Yeah, and that's what Satan wants. COVID. Yes. COVID plus, if you don't bad. agree with something that, uh, you know, they can shut you off. They can shut you down. You have smart mm -hmm. TVs. You have smart devices all in your, your home. They can just shut you down. Amazon can say, oh, well, you, you disagree with yeah. Uh, Pride Month and uh, well, you, you know they got they against... got all of our technology all perfect for us with five G. We've gotten so used to you know you can program your TV, you can program your refrigerator, you can program if you're out of town for your uh, uh, air conditioner to come on in your house. Mm -hmm. Well, now they've got everything programmed, and the next thing they're going to program is us. And mm -hmm. when they get that connection to us and to our DNA and our frequency, you can I don't care where you are, again, on a desert island, your frequency is like your cell phone number. They're going to call you. Think about all these little movies and Hollywood's good at putting out these movies to kind of prepare us. That's yeah. the way they kind of rub it under our nose like this is what's coming. They're gonna, The Matrix, when they got ready to get rid of them, you just shut them down. We are walking Boom. antennas. Mm -hmm. We are walking yeah, antennas. Walking. Yeah. And yeah. what people don't understand, my new book is all about you are your antenna. And the more that they've calcified everything and they made that little pineal gland a little bit more trans, you know, it's a trans, uh, it, it is literally like having a radio receiver in your head, transmit and receiving because it's like a piece of right here and it's a workable third eye. And so it is real. It is real, real, real. And so there is no place for you to run and no place to hide. And the thing about it is, I always said, it was interesting to me when I started doing all this research about the pineal gland. Why is it in scripture that the 144,000 from the 12 tribes that are 12,000 people of the pure lineage of their 12 tribes, when we are raptured out of here or taken out, catching away, why does God seal those 144,000 in their forehead? Guess what? He seals that area so that they will know that that Antichrist is not the Messiah and that those fallen angels are not our brother and didn't create us. He seals those 144,000 in their foreheads right where that pineal gland is so that those transmissions that are going to be used for everybody else that's taken the mark of the beast and got them locked in there. And that's why it tells you in scripture, do not ever take that mark of the beast because you are no longer human. You are no longer connected to God and you have given up your inheritance. And there are pa pastors out there right now telling people, oh, well, if you do the mark of the beast, God will forgive you. No, he will not. And I'm going to preach that and preach that and preach that to people's heads. Mm -hmm. You cannot ever take the beast. God tells yeah. you the moment you do, you're severing. And I'm mm -hmm. telling you scientifically, when you do that, you are no longer human. You are a post-human. You are no longer vibrating with a frequency that God created in you and you chose it. And if mm -hmm. you chose it, it's like people say, well, God will never send anybody to hell. No, God doesn't send anybody to hell. You send yourself. And yep, you choose it. that mark. Yep. He's going to let you go where you chose to go. So yeah, you better be too. paying attention to what you And you can't go by what grandma and mama and little sister and cousin tell you to do. 
When it comes down to it, it is only you that can choose for you. And you better be knowledgeable that thinking you can do something funny, like God's going to forgive the mark of the beast. He's already told you no, because it makes you human anymore. It destroys you. So the 144,000 being sealed in that forehead, that's the only way they become. And and it's terrible. It says the first shall be last and last shall be first. So the first were God's chosen people. And so the 12 tribes of Jacob with the 12,000 that are left when we are, we are called away. The bride of Christ is called away, have got through a very bad wrath of the tribulation. And, And the only way that God can keep them from being blindsided by all of this is to seal that forehead so that mm-hmm. they can see and know. And the bad thing is they're going to have to die as martyrs, but the moment they die, they go right into heaven. But I'm going to, that'll be a terrible thing that they're going to have to have the two witnesses and the two witnesses are going to come. You know, those, those are mosaic. They still believe in mosaic law. So they still sit a place at the table for Elijah to come and tell them that the Antichrist, I mean, that the, the, the Messiah is coming. They don't realize that Jesus has already been born and the person that's going to look Messiah is not the Messiah and that it's too late. And so because they're sealed, they'll be able to see that. But if they don't, if they weren't sealed, they'll they'll be just succumb right into the rest of the group and and die so dispensation yeah but you you yeah. take that mark that's it you're done you're the done. other thing i want to mention here too is that um uh the united nations is calling for a seven-year rescue plan for sustainable development goals for agenda 2030 okay that's- so sustainable development goals what is that that is what you're talking about, changing every human being into with the mark of the beast and making us sustain. We are the sustainable development. That's the right. human beings are now the sustainable development. Don't tell me that the grids need to be changed because they already did that. Now right. human beings need to be converted with the mark of the beast and become part of the grid. Okay. That is their sustainable development, and that is their plan. And they're calling it a seven-year rescue plan. So they are trying to get ready for 2030. And I believe at 2030, that's when they're going to face off with Jesus when Jesus returns. Okay. I think think that to to get us to that point. And one of the people that's the major push behind it is King Charles. Other was Mm -hmm. the one that started all of this climate, you know, say planet Earth. And William is the one behind the Earthshot prizes to help make us save planet Earth. And the Mm -hmm. Pope took his name as the ecological pope by using St. Francis of Assisi and that he was the ecological patron saint of ecology. So if you look at it, it's all coming together. You've got three people. You've got the pope, who is the false prophet. You've got Charles in the role of the red dragon. You've got Prince William in the role of the beast. There are three, it says, in Scripture that will have these frog-like things coming out of their mouths. Those frog-like things are what people describe as the little gray aliens. They are the demonic presence that lives within these three entities at the end of days. And those three people are now right in place to bring about a unified world religion. Mm-hmm. I mean, people don't realize that. I don't think that Charles, you know, had the rabbi do the priest and praying, and then they brought in all the Muslim stuff, and they, you know, the Muslim the and the Christianity of Chris, the Abrahamic house. I talk about all this in my new book because it's all correlating to make the world 
have to follow ecological standards. And what does that mean? When the Antichrist comes riding on his white horse, he has no, he has no arrows. He doesn't have to use mm-hmm. anything to control us other than ecological standards of where they're headed with these actually gold development things where all your industries are having to show sustainability. And if you're an Amazon uh, purchaser, you will see the ones that are meeting the criteria. And then DP World is so involved with Williams Earthshot is absolutely setting up how you do business worldwide and who can ship and who cannot ship. It's mm-hmm. absolutely coming to a point. All major mm-hmm. top people who run all the major huge corporations are now a part of the Earth Shot Prize that William is involved with to save planet Earth. And yeah, he's the one saying, save planet Earth. And mm-hmm. that's the thing. He's wanting to be the same to be able to save planet Earth. So if you really stop and you look at everything, is how it's like you say, how it's playing out, Never in our history have we been to the point of seeing an ability of not being able to buy, sell, or trade. Because once you cut out money, once into cryptocurrency, you cannot get to it. Mm -hmm. That means your drug trade stops, your pornography trade, your slavery, everything comes to a complete stop. And to me, They are on the verge of getting us right where they want us because right now there is the technology is here. It's not like we're having to wait light years away. We're talking about technology that is here now. And that's why I tried to show in this new book. This technology is here. It's not something 10 years down the road. It is here right now to be able, if we go into cryptocurrency that and you use your biological data, for your health insurances, to be able to travel the whole nine yards and under lockdown. Once they do that, you can't escape that, that process. You cannot right. escape it. And if, if the church, if the bride is not taken out before that, which I believe the bride will not have to go through the great wrath because it says that the church of Philadelphia was never going to be like the church of Laodicea, which was, the, mm-hmm. the lukewarm mm-hmm. and that the church of Philadelphia wouldn't have to go. The church of Philadelphia is really the bride of Christ. That's the ones that say this, you got to do it. The hellfire and brimstone stuff. We are not like the, you know, it's okay to be this way. Jesus loves us. And you know, the, like the new stuff they're putting out there called Jesus gets us. You know, he did this. Yeah, he did that. that. <laughs> Doing that to make you think it's okay if you do this. Jesus gets you, and it's okay if you do that because Jesus let his hair down. Jesus did not let his hair down with a bunch of people and go out and have a drink. I mean, but they are trying to make people think that he's on our beach, and once all this stuff comes about with the fallen angels and alien-looking stuff and all of this, it's going to make people, if they don't know the scriptures, they're going to twist them and turn them so bad, no different. Than the serpent did with Eve. Did God really say that? Yeah, yeah. You and know that's exactly and, what I was getting ready to say. You know that's why it's important, guys. Like I always say, to be a Berean, you have to settle these things in your heart. You have to stay consistent. You have to know the scriptures because that's they're 
their biggest way to deceive like Lucifer, you know, and he will use, try to use scripture against you. And it's crazy, yeah. but it's the truth. And if people will spend just a little bit of time in scripture, the whole letting your hair down, Jesus kind of stuff would quickly fade away because it's very clear in the Bible, what the Lord, what he stands for and what he's against, what is exactly. considered sin and what is not. So mm-hmm. you can't, there's no, there's no gray area with Jesus. There's just no gray zones, you know. No, and, and the thing about it, from day one, it's like the hell way for anybody but for the fallen angels and Lucifer. And it's had to be expanded because humanity has started listening to him and wanting to do his stuff. So God expanded it, and you get the choice to go get to be with him for eternity in a resurrected body that hurts all the time. But the thing is, if you really look at it, from day one, Lucifer was was God's greatest invention, creation. He was like the top of the top of the top. Mm -hmm. And so he was able to start playing like he was God enough that a third of the angels were willing to follow him. Okay. And feeding, what was he doing? He was playing like the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Who was he trying to be like? The tree of life. And that was Jesus. And he fooled Eve and Adam which cost us, you know, eternity in paradise because of their fall. But what is he doing at the end of days? Do the same thing. But I think that God fixed him really good. He's going to go after the image because in Scripture, in the book of uh, Revelation, it's used four times when John the Revelator says this image. It's an iconic image. It's in the Greek. It means iconic, the beast there. What is the most iconic image that's ever walked this planet? Well, the first iconic paintings were of Jesus. And so if you stop and think about it, he's always wanted to be God. Mm-hmm. So what if he, like they, you know, stop and think about, they fought over the body of Moses. You know, Satan and the archangel fought over the, uh, the body of Moses. Why? Somebody was fighting over something about making something look like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think it's pretty interesting that the people that are so into this new way of Jesus, that they want to give us a Jesus that is their kind of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if you've got this Shroud of Turin, and we know that we can clone, and we can bring back somebody, who in all of human history would you ever want to bring back that could save this planet? Mm-hmm. Jesus, mm-hmm. because he raised yep. the dead. There's nobody else. No, there's no other prophets. There's no other godly people like Confucius. No one of them ever brought anybody back from the dead. That's right. But Jesus did all these miraculous things. Wouldn't it be nice if we could bring him back? Oh, well, we could because they already cloned the parts off of the shroud. So the the clone the cloning means that it's a body like you and I, a physical body. And what did I tell you earlier? When you step out of it and you leave your body, it's just there. But you are still you in the spirit and whatever. Well, when Jesus resurrected, he took his body and everything with him. But he did leave his blood. And his blood, according to Ron Wyatt, who was a great archaeologist, believed that the blood he found on the Ark of the Covenant in, in Jeremiah's grotto, which was below where the cross was, 
Mm-hmm. And he took that blood and took it to Israeli scientists and they reconstituted that blood. And when they did, they found that blood had 23 chromosomes of his mother and only one chromosome for the father. And then when he went back to look for the covenant, somebody had moved it because they knew he had found it. Mm-hmm. And they knew it was there the whole time. And Ron Wyatt was an excellent archaeologist. He died of cancer. I want to tell you, a man that was a Christian, if he knew he was lying to the world, would never go to his deathbed lying about something of that magnitude to heaven by, by making people believe that was false. So it tells you that his blood was alive. And I've always heard where they say, well, you can't clone anything because it's not alive. Oh, yes, you can. And something that's, I mean, that's dead. When it's alive and his blood was alive and it could be cloned and the, and the Sturp committee cloned stuff i mean it's it's documented that they did the scientific work that was done on that shroud so and then you've got pope john paul ii saying i was the pope of the visioning well what is visioning cloning it's another word for cloning and so it's a big big thing and so what happened you know early in Roslyn institute they cloned dolly it's not that we can't clone. Cloning is the easiest thing. And I talk about this in my books. You can take a skin cell off of me right here. And we can take an egg from a wall that has no connection to me. We hollow out all the DNA in that egg. Be done in a, it can be done in a high school laboratory. We pop my skin cell in there. And then we electrocute it because it has to have an electrification. Every sperm hits an egg has an electrical charge that makes you come alive it's you because god created you before he created your physical body you're fearfully and wonderfully made exactly so when people say oh you can Mm do uh, abortions no you can't because when the sperm hit the egg that Burst of energy, according to yeah. the law of thermodynamics, can never be destroyed. It never goes away. It is you. It is totally you. So I pop a, a, a skin cell in, electrify, you know, electrify it because I can't, I can't create like God. I can only electrify that cell. So that means that cell starts dividing. And I, we put it in the woman. And in nine months when she delivers... She doesn't have a baby that looks like anything like her or any genetic possibility of anything. That baby is going to look just like my side, identical. Mm. It just doesn't have a spirit and a soul riding around inside of it because it's a part of me. Mm -hmm. It's still a part of me. So it doesn't have a spirit and a soul. So that means that a demonic we already know his scripture is real that can go into a person that has a soul and spirit. Imagine that Satan doesn't have to fight another soul and spirit. Because if, if we get possessed and we have an exorcism, then we want that spirit out of us. It will go out. It can be cast out. But if you hadn't got a soul and spirit inside of that piece of flesh walking around, Satan doesn't have to leave. He can walk around in there all day long, do, and he will, mm-hmm. they will, it says a wheat and tears that they are here with us. They look like yeah. us, but they're not of us. That's right. Dr. It Joy, I want to, I want to cut you off just for now because we wanted to save some time for questions. We do sure. have this, uh, you know, at least 15 minutes worth 
of questions. Uh, so where you were headed with some of uh, about the cloning of Jesus Christ, obviously get her book. You're, you can see, get her book. Um, you can see all of her information on drjoy.com. Uh, and all my books control all, have, have all that information in it. Even my newest book's got information about Yes, that. there will be a question about who you believe the Antichrist is. And that's okay. one of the things we were kind of getting into a little bit. But uh, that is one of the questions that is going to be presented to us right now. I'm going to pull up that question specifically. Here we go. All right. Yeah. Dr. Joy, who is the Antichrist in your opinion? It is uh, Prince William. And the reason it's Prince William, because I believe that the Shroud of Turin was cloned to my website and you can look at what Jesus looks like and William is exactly the same height weight and every time that he is ever photographed his hands are in front of him just like the Shroud of Turin they're held in exactly the same spot he meets all the criteria because his mother was of the tribe of Dan and it says that the tribe of Dan will be with the adder in the way also there was a druid prophecy way back before any time recent that said that the prince of wales would marry a woman without a biblical name and the first woman that was ever married to a prince without a biblical name was diana and uh and that that would be the the beginning of the uh, Antichrist. The other thing is all the secret societies have told us that King Arthur would live again for, as a child. And that was their way of view that they were going to bring back the king as a child again. And Diana specifically said in her interviews, personal interviews on TV, even with Jane Pauley, that she was used as a birthing chamber. She was so concerned about the son and the child there, and she tried to kill herself by throwing herself down flights of stairs. And she would have been, she would have been the, the king's mother one day. She would not call him William. In fact, Charles wanted to name him Arthur. He wanted him to be known as King Arthur. And Diana would never, ever say his whole name, William, because William is Will I Am Arthur. She instead called him Wills. So she avoided even the name William because I am is the great I am. And so there was a plot and a plan to bring her lineage on a pedigree to give him the rights to stand as the prophet, priest, and king of Israel. And only her lineage with Charles's lineage would have done that. And if Charles loved Camilla, and never quit loving Camilla. There's a reason he had to marry Diana for this child to be born. And if you look at him and you look at his facial features, his facial features look just like Jesus of Nazareth on the Shroud of Turin. Right. And so what? if people are confused by that, uh, it's in the book specifically about the cloning uh, of of. Jesus Christ, specifically on the area of the shroud. Um, of course, we just spoke about how, uh, you know, this uh, this other gentleman, the, uh, I'm sorry, I'm already forgetting his name, forget it. Uh, You're talking about Cohen and about the... Um, uh, about no, no, Charles. you just mentioned him. Uh, for some reason, it's, it's escaping my memory. Uh, you just mentioned him. Um, why am I forgetting uh, the archaeologist? Oh, Ron, Ron, Ron Wyatt. Wyatt. Wyatt, thank you very much. So Ron Wyatt, yep, uh, 
figuring out that he has the DNA, right? The DNA of Jesus Christ, that, that is actual blood samples were taken from that, right? Yes. So, the blood yep. samples so, were supposedly taken from this, from the Ark of the Covenant that was in Jeremiah's grotto, that when Jesus was on the cross, that there was a earthquake and that there was a hole from where the cross was in the ground. And when he dripped his blood, it went right down into Jeremiah's grotto on the Ark of the Covenant, which was the mercy seat. And when Ron found that in Jeremiah's grotto in that area, he actually got blood off of it and took it to the Israeli scientists. And they said, well, you know, they, it was it was dead, it was dried or whatever. And he said, no, just reconstitute it like you do and spin it like you do normal blood. And when they when he came back, they were like, what kind of blood is it? It's got 23 chromosomes for a mother and one for a father. And then he immediately went to the grotto and the Ark of the Covenant had been removed. So somebody knows the story. And then the uh, Shrader Turin, they cloned part of it back before the um, Catholic Church was given uh, the bequeathed it because King Umberto they bequeathed, bequeathed it to them at his death. Yeah, so this, is very, this is heavy stuff. I mean, this is very heavy stuff. Uh, not everyone's going to uh, believe it or, or even uh, go with it, but um, very interesting. You've done the research. It's in your book. Uh, yes. Let's go into another, uh, let's go into another area, another question. Um, Dr. Joy, do you, did you think, or do you know if the Neuralink equals 666 in Greek Gematria? No, I don't really know if it does or not. I've heard some people talk about that. Some of the things that were, you know, people always have thought that the six six always mean that it was going to be a computer system. But the, you know, scripture tells us it is the it is the name of a. I mean, it's the number of a man's name. The problem is, it's just like with with Charles. You know, he has a name that's uh, ten miles long, and so does William. You know, they all have these long names, and until the Choose a name like King Charles or whatever William's going to choose. You can't really use that gematra to find out if it equals a 666. I took William's name and went through different gematras in one of my books. And it was funny because of the UEA. If you put UEA on it, which was unifying the, the two together, United States and Europe, which which the Antichrist would do that his name actually the all the whole length of the name equals six 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 but it was doing a different kinds of gametra. I've just always said it's just like the 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 Pope never uses his real name, so you can't tell you what you know uh, whatever until they get to their name. You're not going to know if that number is six six six. So there's no way. It's kind of like when we were when I was young and I first started looking for this and Ronald Wilson Reagan was six letters, six letters, and six letters. And a lot of people try to say, you know, he was the Antichrist. It, but the Antichrist has to meet the specifications of what Scripture says. He's got to come from that tribe of Dan. It's got to have that lineage. It's got to have that pure lineage running like that, and um, and and meeting the criteria of what scripture tells us. You just can't pick anybody out of thin air and say he's the guy. But in my books, I, I go into great detail into every aspect of William and the pedigree and the whole nine yards, how it all lines up and brings us to a point to be able to say scientifically and biblically 
this man meets the most criteria to be that person. And the fact that he's in an image that, that John the Revelator only used that, that word four times for iconic image. Iconic. He has to be an iconic image. And the other thing is the book of Thessalonians, Thessalonians I have a word, hard time saying that word. It specifically said that, that, G, that, you know, that God was going to, uh, in the end of days, that the Antichrist would be walking in the temple of God proclaiming himself to be God. Always thought the temple had to be rebuilt. The problem is, it's not what it says. It says that he's walking in the temple of God. And if he's walking in the temple of God, Jesus told the Pharisees and Sadducees, in three days, I'm raising this temple up. And he was talking about the stone temple that took 40 years to build. He was talking about his body. So I think it's pretty interesting that Jesus called his body the temple that he was going to raise up in three days. And I think it's interesting that it says that this God, you know, that God, he's going to be pretending to be walking in the temple of God, proclaiming that he is God. And I'm going to tell you, if there's a clone like that and he starts bringing down fire from heaven and the Catholic church goes, we can prove this is really real and it's really him. If people will flock from all over the world to see image of Jesus bleed or a statue of Mary cry. And if they're healed by this man and it says that he will be able to do those miraculous things. If he, if he does that and you got the alien th- agenda going on, you just imagine people will flock to him. It really is an abomination, isn't it? Doing something like that. That's the worst abomination I can think of is that Satan is going to walk in the flesh of Jesus. Can you think of any other worst abomination? That's crazy. I mean, just to think that would be, that's really, really crafty. Crafty. And I think it's a lure. I think that that's how God intended. Satan always wanted to play God. He's going to get to play God. And when he does, boom, he's got him. Man, mm. what do you have to say, Bob? I know you have something to say. <laughs> what do I have to say about it? It's just, uh, you know, I was like listening to everything. And I was just like, you know, that I mean, it's interesting what you said. He'll be walking in the temple of God. Proclaiming so, himself as God. Be God. But that's a great way of looking at it. If they if they create a, a makeshift Jesus clone and he walks in that meat suit and calls himself that's Jesus. Right. Yeah, he walks in that vessel and he comes. So he is walking in the temple. It's supposed a temple. Okay. That's right. And and even Jesus told us, he said, be careful at the end of days. You're going to have people telling Jesus is over there and Jesus is over here. Why would Jesus say somebody would be somebody Jesus? Mm -hmm. In scripture, but he did. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting too about the uh, royal family is uh, I was talking to John Boucher today, guys, and, uh, uh, brother Ronnie, and they're telling me how the Sanhedrin has selected their high priest for the third temple now, okay, for the physical third third temple that they want to build. But uh, according to their instructions, all, and they read it to me, is they're waiting for the King Mashiach to come to Israel and confirm their choice for high priest, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's going to happen sometime between August and the 1st of October. 
So the first time in history, now King Charles is supposed to go there. That's okay? right. And he's, I mean, he'll be the first time him going there as king. That's right. Okay. So I'm not sure exactly how that's going to play out if he's going to be, like you said, or the Antichrist's son. I always thought about his son, too, because, I mean, King Charles, I mean, who want to follow that guy? I mean, a lot of young Nobody. people don't want to follow that dude. They can't relate to that guy but his son. <laughs> They love his son. When his son goes anywhere, it will tell you he is in, even the papers will say, iconic. His Mm -hmm. iconic, they'll use that word, iconic, iconic image, iconic, you know, visitation. They make him into an icon. And that's what the book of Revelation tells us, that that man is going to be an icon. And I don't think that Jesus would have said, this man coming that you better be watching is going to say, is Jesus over here? Jesus is over there. If he didn't think that somebody was going to be walking in his image, think that John the Revelator would ever use that Greek. He could use three different ones. He could have used a character and another one that's in the Greek, but he used iconic image. And that image means it's an image. And really, a clone is an image. It's not. It, it's just an extension of your physicalness. It is not. It does not have the internal spirit and soul that's within you. But see, when people, we can't. I can't pull my spirit out right now and my soul in. If I could, if you ever had a near death experience, you know that I'm telling you, you stand right here, side of yourself, and you'll be dead, and you'll be standing right there. But unless you've actually had that happen to you, you've got to believe somebody like me that that's really what happens. But if you see an iconic image, they say it's Jesus, they can prove it's Jesus, the the Pope and Charles, all of them are allowing that to happen, and our world is falling apart, and he's healing people, and he's bringing down fire from heaven, and then these manifestations of evil fallen angels are there to support that process, they're going to believe it in a minute. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. going to heal people. He will. He will make it look like he's Jesus. And he can pull it off because he has that kind of capability. Mm-hmm. I already see people already follow people that call themselves Jesus. They walk around with headsets on, gather a few thousand people, and they really believe that he's Jesus. I've seen a, I've seen a video of several people. One guy in Australia does it, and and people they just take a hook, line, and sinker. So when you got right. the real, you got when that's not the real deal, but when you have this guy show up and do what he's going to do, I right. wonder why it just makes sense now. It's like. All this, and they need to get it all done and push as quickly as possible before they want it, it. That's right. It's going to be fast, 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 fast. Mm-hmm. And, and it'd be so fast that mob mentality will drive people right down there to take that mark, and it's over yeah. for them. Well, yeah, when that yeah, mark we, comes out and Jesus, this fake, this fake Jesus comes out and the mark comes out, they need to have this censorship on these platforms dialed where they need it to be because you can only run that campaign once. If you start running that campaign for the mark, the Satan wants to know, hey, when I release this thing, I don't want a single person out there exposing it. So you right. guys need to dial this whole thing in and get rid of these Christians off these platforms. And that's what's happening. We are being surveillance so bad. I have been shut down in the middle of podcasts. Mm. I've had th- weird things happen when I've been on shows that the, the Internet went down. Just weird yeah. things that just don't add up. And to me, I, like mm. if I try to send out something on Facebook, if I try to send out something on Messenger, if I try to send out to people who are in my groups, if I send too many groups, they shut me down and say, you can't continue to do that. Well, it, 
if the, if I'm a part of the group, if I've been approved by the group, if you're my friend on Messenger, why can't I send out a thousand things about that I'm going to be on a show with you tonight? If you're my friend, why are they mm-hmm. monitoring to stop me from doing that? Because they don't want this information out. It's That's critical. Right. And That's once right. people get it, then you won't fall victim to this. But they do not want anybody telling people the stuff that we are telling them. Dr. Joy, second and last question here. Will the Antichrist user say his blood saved people to deceive them? Or- he, that Antichrist, is got, it tells us he's charismatic. He will be so smooth and he will look so true and he will be so believable that And he's going to look like the shroud. And then and they're going to turn around and say, here he is. It's the same thing. When Dolly was born over there and was a clone, she literally was a clone. She lived. We've cloned other animals. I mean, the animal that was one of the dogs that was in the uh, Twin Towers, you know, that fell. The pe- and he was a great dog. They cloned that dog. And the people that were around that dog said, man, that dog was identical. Every puppy was just like that dog that they knew had that extra ability. So mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if 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 they would do uh, pilgrimages to see a a nothing but an image of Jesus bleeding on a wall, and and some people got healed, what would they do for a real man? He fire down from heaven, say who he is. Catholic Church is saying it's true, and. All these entities that show up go, he's it. He's Jesus. He gets us. And all they have to say is, here's here's the blood to, to prove it, right? Exactly. Crazy. All right. So we're going to just end with this last question. How do we get Dr. Joy's books? We've been uh, we've been posting it throughout the uh, throughout the broadcast. You can go to drjoy.com, right? That is the best. Right, place and to make go. sure, make sure it's D-R-J-O-Y-E. It's joywithee.com because that was my, that was why I was named that dream my name. And it was weird because it, it was joy with an E. So it's drjoye.com. And all <laughs> of my books it. are there. All my books are there. And also there is a submission form there. If you have a question, you can send me a question and I do an AMA show once a month and I answer all the questions I get from people who work or have a question about my work or just have a question in general i take any i actually take any question because my work encompasses a to z as greg knows i can come back and talk i can come back and talk next time with you and talk about a whole different set of other things oh goodness very diverse uh, range of study there and uh we thank you so much dr joy for coming on with us i love you all so much this has been so much fun and i hope you do (laughs) ask me to come back we would love to have you god bless you and uh thank you all for coming on for another uptime this has been an amazing uh amazing broadcast thank you dr joy god bless you all and lord willing we'll see you next week 